If you don't have a Bible, um, go ahead and, and get uh, your hand raised, and we want to put a Bible in your hand, and you want to turn that Bible to Psalm 120. Um, and so as Tyler, and I'm going to mention this in a second, but as Tyler and uh, Ryan were saying, we are starting a new series. Uh, Pastor Ben is off at his old church, and he's preaching there this morning. Um, so we're starting this new series, uh, and it's called The Space in Between. And we're going to really uh, encourage you to, to really kind of corporately uh, to engage um, in these next few weeks that we're in this series um, of In the Space in Between. But when you get to Psalm 120, you can open it up there. But I want <clears throat> to just say this as we talk about this series, that even as I spent time uh, in prayer and in preparation, uh, just kept getting this sense of it's really important for us as we come to the Word of God to, to not first view it as trivial or uh, just historically or even just stories that took place, but that we would truly come to it afresh every time with open eyes to see the, the power and the principles and the invitation um, that God is, is inviting us into this life that he's prepared for us because um, the reality is so many and so much of our days in our life, if we're, if we're being honest, is spent kind of where we have these high moments and then we kind of go through just the mundaneness of life. We're just going through the, the regular rhythms of life. And we're not even really attentive and aware and awakened to what it is God is wanting to do and wanting to say and wanting to reveal to us in those mundane moments. And again, I'm, I'm actually the, uh, the chief of sinners in this. I'm a person who's very uh, analytical. I'm always uh, thinking. I'm always pondering. I'm always uh, thinking over something or, Lord, what, you know, what do you want to do next? I'm always kind of just in my mind, in my head, thinking of what is going on and what's coming up in the future. And uh, my wife actually has so lovingly been able to show me, again, exactly what uh, I believe the Lord wants to highlight to us today. Um, but she's begun to lovingly show me that, that a lot of times I'm, I'm there with her, but I'm not there with her. <laughs> like, seriously, we've even, we've even coined it. Like, I've, uh, you know, just growing up, you know, playing sports and liking sports, uh, we, we call it, uh, I get in the zone. And so, in other words, I'm, I'm so focused on uh, my own thoughts, and again, and, and what I've been reading or whatever the case may be, uh, some events that have taken place that, like, literally, she's, she's been in moments where she's, like, talking to me, and I'm not ignoring her. Like, I promise I'm not ignoring her, and she knows it now, uh, but she has to, like, get in front of me and say, honey, yeah, you see me? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what did you say? Like completely missing. She's right here with me. And I just want to present that. Could it be possible that much of our own lives um, play out like that with God? And so Psalm 120, it starts off by saying this. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you? You deceitful tongue, a warrior sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. 
Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And so this, this psalm is uh, Psalm 120, and again, each, as we go through this uh, journey, there are 15 psalms uh, called the, the Songs of Ascent. And I'm going to get into kind of more of that uh, in a little bit. But this is Psalm 120, kind of the first one uh, that we see in our, our scriptures, not that it was necessarily in this order. But in this first one, it opens up and it says, uh, In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. And so there is it's a, it's a picture again of this kind of cry out to God uh, while being surrounded by uh, that of lying lips and, and deceiving tongues. And I know we've, we've all found ourselves in, in that context or in that place uh, where we, we find ourselves being um, talked about behind our backs, or we find ourselves with people making up things about us, or we find ourselves hearing about things that were said about us that were not, not true, these things that are coming um, from others' tongues that, again, we, you know, it's easy to, to look and go, you know, like, like we say, uh, sticks and stones may hurt, you know, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the reality is, the truth is, uh, in many of those cases, when we know of these things, when we hear these words, uh, that, that's not true. It, they do hurt. And so here's this cry out saying, I'm, I'm surrounded, we're surrounded by lying and deceitfulness. And you can make it even, even, even broader in, in the standpoint of even the world we live in. If, if we're being honest, right, like the, the media and the, the social media and uh, the breaking news, right? Like it used to be, you know, when you got into, or no one I did, was fighting with my siblings, you know, uh, parents come in, what happened, right? And, and, and I tell my side of the story, and they tell their side of the story. And it used to be, you know, my parents would say, you know, somebody's lying, right? Because one of you really did do something to agitate the other, and then the other one kicked them, or, you know, you did, you know, tip over, you know, his toy, whatever the case may be. Like, someone's lying, and someone is telling the truth. But, but if we're being honest, it often feels like, man, both people, both sides are possibly lying. We don't know who to believe. What do you do in that situation where it's like, no, actually, both of you are lying? It's the world we find ourselves in. Where everything is, again, just kind of thrown at us and, and every, you know, again, breaking news and information, we just kind of take it in. And, and, and if we're not careful, we really digest that. And that begins to even kind of be our own inner world as those things are happening. But again, just a quick reminder with all this, and again, take this for what it's worth. I don't know why. Feel like to really kind of say this, but that we would always remember, even when it comes to things like the news, not, 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 not bashing or anything like that, but we must always remember, even when it comes to things like the news, that uh, they have another job other than just reporting. And, and, and one of their other jobs is uh, to draw ratings. So we must always be careful to not allow ourselves uh, to have our emotions played off of and be stirred up and riled up uh, by, by news uh, and every wave of information that comes our way. Goes on to say, what shall be given to you and what more shall be done to you? You deceitful tongue, a warrior sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kadar. 
Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And so again, it's this, one thing about the, the Psalms that's so powerful is that again, it shows uh, the, the honesty in, in the communication, in the prayers uh, that were given to God. That, I mean, he, they're, they're, they're saying, like, what, what should be done to you? And they kind of pronounce this kind of judgment uh, that will come upon those who are mistreating them and who are relying on them and who are using their tongues for evil and things like that. Um, and again, that's not an excuse for us to respond that way when we uh, have enemies and things like that because Jesus told us to, to love our enemies and to pray for them, not against them. And so we're called to continue to pray for them. But again, the, the Psalms are very honest in, in how they're displaying uh, the cry of, of one who is, has a real relationship with God and, and telling them how they feel and, 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 and telling and, and saying, man, I, I wish this, you know, kind of will happen to them and this will kind of come upon them. And so uh, that's going on. But then it goes on to say, just kind of, uh, too long have I had my dwelling place among those who hate peace. I'm for peace. But when I speak, they're, they're for war. And again, it's, it's still this uh, being surrounded with this, this chaos. And it just seems like things are uh, falling apart. The, the, many of the people of Israel are, are living uh, in different uh, areas and in different uh, places um, where they're oppressed and mistreated. And, and again, this is a real cry of saying, man, I'm, I'm for peace. I want peace. But, but everywhere around me, it is, is just seems like they, every time I say anything about peace, it's met with war. And again, how, how many times have we found ourselves in those contexts, in those uh, settings? I, again, I know we have a term for uh, people who, you know, I'm like, you know, every, every, it might be a family event. I don't want to, you know, label no family members, but it might be a family event. It might be a, a, a hangout time with, you know, a community of friends. And there's always kind of that, that one person or two people that, that always got something going. It's always, they're always stirring up something, right? We, we call those drama queens where I'm from. It's like, oh, you know, she's just a drama queen. She, she just can't, it's like, can't function without there being some turmoil or some discontent or some level of, you know, uh, uh, analyzing and, and uh, critiquing, and it's like that's that's that kind of again for us that war of like this is chaos. Like we can't we can't get along. We can't find peace. There's always kind of war and, and just things breaking out. And again, how many times do we find ourselves in our day to days feeling and caught up in that same area and that same level of tension? See, this is an invitation to realize that we, though we live in a, in, in a time where we can evidently see uh, things that are wrong with uh, human beings and things that are wrong with uh, things that are in place and whatever the case may be, even though we live in that time that we are called to be people who belong to a living God. And so the way in which we live our lives, even in the midst of this, are to be countercultural, are to be different. You see, the, the people of Israel had some things set in place that were commanded by God and they had, they had some different festivals that they celebrated. And we're going to kind of piggyback a little bit on just kind of three of those main festivals 
Um, but there were, you know, there were a couple more. But what would happen is, um, as, as, as the people of Israel were, were once in bondage, and once in slavery and oppressed by uh, the Egyptians, being in that, in that situation, all of a sudden God calls out to a man by the name of Moses through a burning bush, and he basically reveals to Moses, Moses, I want you to be my representation, my, re- my representative into going and releasing my people. And so Moses eventually, after much uh, back and forth with God about why he couldn't do it and throwing out his own insecurities, which is a, ge- a good reminder for us that when God is calling us to something, we might have insecurities, but it's best to move past that because we have a God who's greater than our insecurities. He's greater than our shortcomings. He's greater than our lacking. He's greater than our uh, incapacity to do things. He is greater than all those things. But Moses, again, eventually he goes forth and he moves forward in that direction, and uh, that's met with some tension from the king Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's, I'm not letting them go. They belong to me. I don't care who your God is. And so this God sends nine plagues, and finally the, the tenth one is going to be sent. And this is going to be the knockout blow. But he causes people to do something. He says, I want you to, each household, to take a lamb. And then I want you to kill it. And I want you to take the blood and I want you to put it on the doorpost. And when you do that, after that, took the lamb, eat the lamb, eat it in haste. And when that's, when you've done that, when, when this kind of angel of death that goes forth throughout the land of Egypt, I'll see that. And your household will be spared. And so that takes place. And it is there where the people of Israel come to see the God of salvation, the God who saves. Because after that, the Pharaoh says, go, get out, leave. It is there where the one true living God triumphs over all the false gods of Egypt. And they had many, including Pharaoh himself, who proclaimed to be a god that the one true living God was shown to be a God who saves. And so they were commanded to celebrate this feast called Passover meal. But then there was another feast that they celebrated. And it was that of the the Feast of, of Weeks. And this was a reminder to the people as they are now freed from Egypt and they are in the wilderness. God makes a covenant with them telling them, you are going to be my people and here are my laws. Here are my ways that I want you to live that you will stand out among the other nations, that you will not be like the other nations, that you won't be like the nation from which you came from. You won't be like your past because I have a new future for you. 
And it's in that that they, celebrate, they were commanded to celebrate every year. That the law had been given from, to, to them, but this wasn't just about that. This was an understanding that this living God who saves calls a people to be his own. But then there was a, a, a third feast that they celebrated. This was the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths. And what this was was a, a remembrance and a celebration that the same God who took them out of Egypt, who saved them, and the same God who called them to be his people is the same God who sustained them and provided for them and blessed them as they were in that time period being in the wilderness. This was a God who was faithful. And so all throughout history, they, this, these three feasts would be celebrated. And what would happen is people who lived not even in Jerusalem, who lived in other cities and other towns, at the beginning of spring, at the beginning of summer, at the beginning of fall, they would go to the place of Jerusalem. And where I want to kind of center us in, because I've kind of given that little quick his history lesson, where I want to center us in is this. From the place of them being in Jerusalem and celebrating the feast, whichever, which one it was at the time they were celebrating, whether it was Passover or weeks or the tabernacles, whatever feast it was that they were celebrating, between the time that they were celebrating that for many of them in Jerusalem, there was a time in between from where they left their homes to go on a journey to go and celebrate. And for us, that's exactly what discipleship is. That discipleship is not an instant, microwavable, quick process. That this life that we've been called to, this life that we've been invited to, this life that we partake in is one of a journey where we're continuously growing. There's a space in between. When we leave Sunday morning worshiping with our hands high, and then we have to step into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and getting back to the next Sunday. There's a space in between that answered prayer where it's like, man, God showed up. He was, it was powerful. It was amazing. Let me tell you my testimony. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. There's a space in between that and then the next obstacle that is before us. And we're wondering, will he do it again? There's a, there's a space in between the mountaintops called a valley. And here's, again, what I want to say, and there's a 
going somewhere, but here's what I want to say. The invitation is that we would continuously learn to slow down so that we can be aware and awakened again and again to the presence, to the trueness, to the realness of God. There's an invitation there in the space in between. There's an invitation to not just go through the motions of life. Oh, I'm just living life until I get that next break. Oh, I'm just living life until I get this next job. Oh, I'm just living life until, you know, again, the next Sunday or the next time when my house is. There's an invitation of, do you, do you see me right now? Are you aware of me right now? How many times, again, I'm, again, I'm chief of sinners in this, so maybe this is why I'm starting off the series, okay? How many times, again, if we're being honest, have we been going about our day, and then you get to the end of it, and someone asks you how it was, and you go, good. And they go, what, what would you do? And all of a sudden, it's crickets. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it worked. <laughs> like, it's almost as if, again, if, if, it's, this takes some time to kind of think about it. This is something I was myself continuously challenged with. What we've done is many days we've just been in coast mode. Whatever it is we're doing, no matter how fast or how slow. And missing where God might have been at work. Where he might have been calling out to us. Where he might have been bringing someone along in our, in our midst to have a conversation. Because we're just in cruise mode. But there's an invitation. I'm just going to keep saying this. To be aware to be awakened in the mundane. You see, the people of Israel, they understood something. Like we see, we see a lot of what they do and, you know, we kind of say, oh, you know, that was, that was religion. And, but no, I want, you, I want us to understand something. Many of these people, as they celebrated these feasts, they would travel, many of them, in upwards of 100 miles. Let me clarify. There's no minivans. There's no Suburbans. There's no motorcycles. And they, most of them don't have horses, and the donkeys are really used to carry you know, their items, okay? That's like us traveling, because I, I just Googled it just to see the, the distance. And that's like us saying, all right, we're going to Macon, Georgia, on foot, to celebrate. And we do this yearly, three times. I asked Siri, you know, from the GPS thing, how long that would take on foot, because they have the, the, the foot little icon now that you can use that. 
comes in handy for things like this. So how long would that, about how long would that take? 34 hours on foot. But obviously, that's without stops. That's what the, the people of God were doing. Many of them. What they were doing was they, was, they lived a life. Again, I want to kind of center this in for a second. They lived a life where the time of worship was not something that was added on to the rest of their life. No, 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 no. The time of worship was how their life, what they planned their calendars on, and then everything else came around that. Because if you're walking, it's going to take a while. We won't be back home for a couple days. We're going to worship the Lord. This was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice. But it was a sacrifice that the people of Israel realized it's going to cost us to do this, right? Like, I mean, guys, let's be real. They had sandals. Come on. Like, we got shoes. Like, I got my running shoes. I could walk 34 hours. Okay, even then, they have sandals and they're walking. This is a sacrifice, guys. Again, I want to take some of the trivial, just this is a story in the Bible. Like, I don't like coming to the Word of God like that. No, no, no. This was a sacrifice. This was something that cost them, right? Like, well, we're, we're, going, we're going to the Jerusalem. Come on, let's go. We won't, we won't be able to make that concert. Sorry, kids, you can't make that that, that game. We're going to worship the Lord. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, we, we, won't, we won't be seeing the premiere of that movie because we're going to worship the Lord. <laughs> like this is interfering with the time of the worship of the Lord. Again, God, I'm talking, when I say sacrifice, I'm even talking about just the personal sacrifices of like, dang, we're going to miss that. But here's, here's, here's a glimpse into why they did this. This cost them something. But they knew that it would cost them more to not do it. There was an understanding that there's a cost to this, but it's going to cost more to not do it in the long run. And so they made this this sacrifice, if you will. But here's another reason why. And again, I'm going to get to this Psalm 120 and the Songs of Ascent in a second. But here's another reason why. Because they understood that this was a disruption into their life. This was, this was a, again, this is happening three times a year. Three times a year. There's a disruption taking place. All right, we're moving in, we're going to Jerusalem. But could it be that so many of these people of God did this. Not because it's just why we're supposed to do this. Not because it was a religion, but because it was a way of life. Could it be that they did this because they seen this disruption in their normal kind of day-to-day, not as an inconvenience, but as a blessing? Could it be that they did this because they truly valued 
it with their life. I was told once, somebody told me some years ago, they said, you don't value what you say you value. I always remember that. You value what you give your time, your money, and your energy to. Could it be that the people of Israel said, no, 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 we value our time of worship. And so we live in this manner because this is a way of life. I believe, again, a challenge that we see is the invitation from the Father, even for us, again and again, is do you value my presence? Do you value worshiping me? Do you, and again, I'm not talking about from a, a, a checking out the box or he's looking just to kind of, no, no, we've we got to get far past that. We've got to begin to see the, the, the principles in this thing and the power in this thing of a relationship of saying, do you really value this? Because the people of God, then, they did. And the invitation for us, especially in a busy, chaotic, everything's always going on, we got a million uh, things on the, on the plate. How easy is it for us to go through our whole week? And if we were to do this, again, I, I encourage us to do this. I do this sometimes. Go through our whole week and go, okay, where did I really put my time, my money, and my energy? Where did it go? Again, not from a judgmental standpoint. Like, this might sound maybe a little challenging or something, but, like, there's, there's a lot of good in this. Where, but where did I put it is the question that we should ask ourselves. You see, as this family, so again, let's, let's continue to imagine. As this family is selling up, to head to Jerusalem, and they're on this journey, again, whether it's 34 hours for some and 12 for others or eight from others, here's what would happen. They weren't just coasting. They weren't just walking, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, God's watching, you know, I mean, I'll go do it. They didn't, again, this wasn't just a, a task. Here's what they would do. There were these songs of ascent that they would sing out and chant as they were headed to the place of worship. They would, they would sing these songs unto the Lord. Here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm saying with that. Their space in between was not, again, just this kind of like this is just the space in between, you know, we just got to walk to the city. No, no, their space in between was filled with something. And the thing that it was filled with was worshiping the Lord and remembering. Worshiping and remembering. As they're singing these songs, it is a praise of who their king, who their great God is, and it's also a, a, remembering, a remembering of what he has done. 
This is the God who has saved us. This is the God who has called us to be his people. This is the God who has called us to be a people who live a life that is not independent, but dependent on him. And so we set up tents. And we, we again, this is, what they, this is literally what they would do. They would set up tents to celebrate the, the, the Feast of, of Tabernacle. And they would set up these temporary tents, and they would dwell in the tents. And here's literally why they did it. Because it was a remembering, it was a re, like, remember that when you were in, and obviously talking about their, their kind of ancestors and things like that, but when you were in the wilderness, I took care of you. I provided for you. I blessed you. To many of these Israel, Israelites had, you know, over time they'd gotten prosperous and again, you know, business is going great, you know, and, and so the tendency is always there as it is with us to begin to live a life like, you know, I'm not doing too bad. I'm doing all right for myself. I got the wife, we got the cars, we got the, you know, dogs, we got the some of y'all have cats. I don't know what's up with that, but hey, see his own. <laughs> you know, we got the cats. <laughs> you know, we got, we got the kids. We, you know, like, we, we're doing all right for ourselves. There will be a temptation to begin to even internally begin to rely on yourself again. And here it is, a yearly reminder. No, 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 no. There's a God we're called who calls us to be dependent on him. This is what this was about. When you go back, and again, I want to invite us to go back and read Leviticus 23 and Deuteronomy 16. And literally, when God is setting this up, this is what he's telling them. He's saying, when, you, when you're celebrating this, he says, like, shout for joy, like, praise, like, like, okay, I'm going to read it because some of y'all might not even, might not be clicking. But we're going to get there. I'm going somewhere. I'm starting to get fired up, and I'm trying to hold myself back. <clears throat> he says, give me a second. Verse 20, Leviticus 23, says this. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits. So again, was, they had these offerings that they would give, these food offerings. It says, shall wave them with their first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest, and you shall make a proclamation on the same day. A proclamation. He's literally a, a call to, to, to worshiping and proclaiming his greatness. This isn't like just halfway doing it. Why? Why? Because in this life, in this life that we live, we have to continuously be reminded of how faithful our God is. We are forgetful people. Like we forget. 
We, we start facing the next obstacle or the next big thing or the next, uh, again, uh, tongues against you or people against you or whatever situation me, job situation is faltering. I don't know what the next step is for my life. I don't know, uh, you know, they, they said they're, they're, they're cutting jobs. I don't know how my schedule is ever going to work out to where, you know, I can get, you know, finally get some rest. Like, I don't know. My, my world feels like it's falling apart. I'm getting breaking news across my phone every second. I'm checking that. So that's adding to the chaos and the turmoil. Like, I I don't know where my life is headed. Like I am, I'm, I'm almost beside myself. I'm about to lose it. And in the midst of that, there's a God who's saying, remember me. That's what this is about, guys. When we, when we come together in church to worship the Lord, to proclaim of who he is, to proclaim of his goodness, to proclaim of his glory, to proclaim that his love never fails. That's not just a singing of songs. That is supposed to be a praising of him and a remembering, a reminder to us in the midst of the chaos and the obstacles and the things that we're dealing with. That is a reminder that no, 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 my God is faithful. That's what this is about. See, I would read this a lot of times. Again, I would read a lot of the Old Testament. And I would, you know, again, you see the, the feasts and the celebration of the feasts and the, you know, the laws and things like that. And you're like, man, like, I don't know. I just, I just don't really kind of understand and get this. But then you start to understand a little bit the more behind the mind of what God is doing. And he himself is setting his people up to experience true, true joy, to experience true hope. To experience true grace. Not in the way or manner that says, hey, we're over here in our little box over here, and you know, the world's just kind of out there. No, 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 no. We're not to be called to live, to be living and being of the world, but we are in the world. And he's saying, no, no. In the midst of being in the world where you are, in the midst of the trials that are happening, in the midst of the, the things that are going on in your life, in the midst of the, the bad report that you receive, in the midst of all of that, I want you to do something. I want you to fill that space in between from when you saw me show up big which I've already been there, so I really didn't show up. You just had your eyes open to me being there. But in the midst of you being in this place where you saw me and then through this little valley to seeing the next breakthrough, I want you to fill this time not with just going through the motion. I don't want you to fill this time with complaining. I don't want you to fill this time with adding fuel to the fire and adding more chaos to the chaos. I don't want you to fill this time with sitting around and gossiping. I don't want you to fill this time with being around people and causing more division. I don't want you to fill this time with, you know, talking about how bad everything is. I don't want you to fill this time continue talking about how bad things were when you were six years old. Again, there are, there are places for that, so I'm not belittling that, but here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to fill your time with that. What I want you to fill that space in between with is I want you to praise me. I want you to shout to me. I want you to sing to me. I want you to declare my goodness. I want you to declare how I brought you out of Egypt. I want you to declare how I'm the one who called you to be my people. You didn't even do it yourself. So you can't take credit. That's why it's called grace. I want you to declare that I'm the one who provided for you while you were in that wilderness. And here's what will happen. As you are going through that moment of praising and declaring, here's what you'll begin to see. What you'll begin to see is, wait a minute, I'm not in a bad place. Wait a minute, I'm all right. Wait a minute, I'm not the one who's about to lose. I'm the head. I ain't the tail. Like, wait a minute, I'm the one who's called to have dominion over this situation. Wait a minute, my God is greater than any obstacle that's put before me. Wait a minute, I'm not called to be like the over here who are going through this kind of pity party. No, no, no. That's not what my God called me to do. I'm called to respond differently. And it is in that that 
we truly begin to worship and to praise and again experience true love, true joy, true peace, true happiness, and a life that shows there is a God in the universe. And if you want to experience this, he's available to you too. That's what this was about. Sorry, just kind of came out. <laughs> That's what this is about. I kind of give the builder because there, there is, again, a mundaneness to it. And again, I even felt it. I'm reading through this stuff, and I'm reading through Leviticus 23, and I'm reading through Deuteron- Deuteronomy 16. And again, you kind of read it, and you're just kind of like, okay, and do these, and follow these, and do this, and do this on the, you know, on the ninth day, and 49 days after celebrating this, you know, and celebrate this. And you kind of just, again, you kind of get lost here. But you go, wait a minute, no, no. In preparation of all this, there is a remembering that is happening of their God. And that's the life we're being invited into, guys. That's what discipleship is. That's what we're called to walk in and to receive daily. Not just on Sunday mornings, though that's good. Not just in our times of house church meetings, which that is great. Not just in our morning Bible studies, which is awesome. He calls us to be awakened and to be aware daily. Moment by moment, second by second. That's the life we're being invited into. That's what, again, I don't want to keep making this correlation between, again, the world and us, but just hypothetically speaking, I was amazed. I went to two middle school uh, sporting events, a basketball game and a football game over the weekend, and even as I watched the teams play, it was, it was amazing to me. It was amazing to me to see the, the, the students interact with each other and to encourage each other and to, again, you make a good play and you, you high five and other, others of them, again, kind of just, they love that moment. They're just waiting for anything to scream about. So you get one yard, like, woo! It's like, this, he loves it. He's, he watches too much NFL TV. <laughs> Right, but, but it was amazing to see as I sat back and I watched and I thought about this, the, the people journeying to Jerusalem. Because what's interesting is, in many ways, this was a lot of people moving in the same direction. And I thought about how the thing that unifies the basketball team I was watching, the football team I was watching, the thing that unified them was this. They were out there for something bigger and greater than themselves in that moment. They were out there because there was an understanding that there was a purpose. And the purpose in that moment was not primarily about where they were from, what kind of household they had, what kind of accents they had, how they looked different. The purpose that they had was we have a goal, and our goal is to unify that we would score more points than another team and stop the other team. And so they're unified. The church of God has been brought together, together 
There aren't no, there ain't no sections in the kingdom. In the kingdom, the territory, the land, it all belongs to one, the king. So ain't no subset, no, no, no. Together. And we've been brought together for a greater purpose. We've been brought together for something, someone greater than ourselves. And we know that that someone is Jesus Christ. And so as these people are journeying, they understand that in this moment, and as we celebrate these feasts throughout the days, there's a reminder that I'm here for something, for someone greater than myself. And again, that's an invitation that we too are invited into daily. And so the reading plan, I just want to say something quick about this to follow up. Of kind of what Ryan was saying. What we are inviting all of us to step into is kind of the body of Grace Marietta. It's to really uh, engage with this kind of reading of the Psalms, because how it works is uh, daily we're going to walk through a different Psalm. You can see day one, day two, day three. And so daily we're going to be walking through uh, the Psalms. And there's just some kind of instructions down there, again, that you can uh, do and engage with. You don't have to, obviously, but some kind of some instructions. And actually added to that, you can, you know, write, um, underline or highlight a promise or hope um, or or, or an expectation um, that you see in the Psalms for your life. But again, the, the, the goal of this is that we too, in our, in our space in between, would be actively becoming aware uh, of, of the God who we belong to now. And again, so some of that will happen kind of individually because we're in our different workspaces and our work areas, but the goal is that we would all kind of be coming around the Psalms daily and reading them. And so we're going to uh, have postings on social media where we'll, again, we'll put the reading plans up there where you can see kind of what day we're on because I know, you know, some of us are going to leave this thing right in the seat. Um, so sorry. But there will be postings on social media uh, that we can kind of read um, and, and follow along with the, the corporate body. And then lastly, uh, we're going to do, uh, myself, uh, Tyler, and uh, Pastor Ben, we're going to kind of do some uh, weekly uh, just uh, teachings on some of the Psalms. And again, the goal of this is that we would be engaged together corporately uh, as the body, as the church, uh, worshiping and looking to the Lord. And so again, we want to invite you to really be engaging with this. And like I say, to what degree you want to do the directions and all that, it's up to you. But again, that's kind of the point of that. I think it's on on the screen. Perfect. So we want to invite you into that. Um, And so that's kind of sets that for that. So Ben, you can go ahead and come on up. And I just want to say, uh, as we move into our time of worship, as we move into our time of communion, especially communion, because, again, a, a part of this, our kind of celebrations of this, like we don't walk to Jerusalem. Obviously, we would, that would require swimming, too. So <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> we don't have to do that. Right? But we don't do that. 
But we have our, our time too, right? It's our corporate time of worship on Sunday mornings, right? Like that's our, our time where we come together with the saints and fellowship and worship God and praise God. Like we have that in our house churches, right? Where we get to come around and uh, commune with one another and to, to see one another and to pour into one another. Like we have those things going on in house church. But where we get stuck the most for being honest, is that space in between. And so even as we come and take communion, here's my encouragement, and I try to follow this myself. When we come, when we come to this table and we take this bread and we take from this cup, would it be a remembering that's taking place. Because that's what Jesus said. See, a, a lot of the things that we see in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, that in Isaiah and things like that, where God begins to kind of speak against the things that they're doing, the problem was not in the action. The problem was with the people's heart. He's going, look, look I don't want just a ritual. Don't, don't, don't. I don't, you don't do this just as going through the motions. Don't obey this just because, again, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, lo and behold, we got to bear our cross. Like, this is for you. When, when he's saying, take this and do this in remembrance of me, and as often as you come together, Jesus, again, is not talking about a ritual. What he's talking about is remembering. They're gonna to come to see what he's, when he's wanting them to remember. He's going, my body's gonna be broken for you. Crushed. This is no little thing. My blood, just in case you think there's any, well, it wasn't really crushed. Blood will pour out of me. This is all happening on a cross. And as I'm doing this, do you not see this? I'm doing this for you. I didn't do anything wrong. This is for your benefit. This is for your blessing. This is for you to partake in a new family, in a new way of life, in real joy, in real peace, in real hope. So when you do this, do it in memory of what, I'm, what I did for you, what I made happen for you. The same way you used to yearly, three times a year, make your way to the temple. Now come to the table and talk to me, sing to me, give me your cares. Give me your burdens. Why are you still trying to carry that if I told you I took them? This is what this is about. And so as we take communion, I want to encourage us to do this, not in or as a ritual, but as remembering what our great God 
has in fact done for each and every last one of us.